Hello and welcome to the last episode of Curiously Polar. Well, for this year. This is not the last ever we are going to continue this show, but uh, yeah, this year is coming to an end and we are recording the the episode for the 31st of December. And uh, my name is Chris Marquardt and with me is Henry, as usual. Henry, Hello. how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, as at the time of, well, I'm, I'm doing good. It started with stuttering. No, at the, as we are recording this, uh, I'm doing good. Um, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to do it on the 31st because I will spend a few days on a, on a Congress in between Christmas and the 31st. And traditionally I'm quite exhausted after that. So chances yeah. are the time travel will, will get to me, but, um, yeah, it's the last day of the year. It's uh, the last episode of Curiously Polar for this year. And uh, um, we would like to just have a bit of a look back because this year has been a very exciting year for Curiously Polar. We have uh, been recording uh, 30 episodes now. 37 together. episodes. 37 this year yes i was just counting so it's it's a it's an amazing thing and and curiously polar has seen a lot of interest over the time and uh you coming aboard i mean we we had we had this a bit of a hiatus uh mario who was with the show until then he's kind of still officially on the team even though he is oh he is just yeah. very busy and uh at sea most of the time so it is virtually impossible to record with him or has been for a while uh which which makes me really happy that you got on board and that you are almost literally on board. Uh, we met on a ship. so uh, Which is still floating. That's the most surprising fact on that ship. The ship that we met on? <laughs> yeah, let's not get into detail there. But, but you've come on board here uh, of the podcast and uh, you brought a lot of things to this show that is um that has taken it into a really good and interesting direction up to up to uh, that it was it was also interesting but it's, it was more uh focused on on history on everyday affairs on things that might be interesting but that don't have that much impact uh and since you've came on board it really has taken an interesting and very uh very good turn, I think, because, um, well, first of all, you have a few areas of interest that we have covered in many episodes that... Uh, it's very obvious when we go through the uh, back through the episodes of this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, the first thing that sticks out is ice. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> which, which, looking at the current trajectory um, of the climate, uh, there's a question how much ice will we have and for how long. <laughs> But uh, you are you are you love the polar regions. Uh, when I met you, um, I think you had uh, you had a t shirt on and and uh, <laughs> short pants, yeah. um, which Very likely, yeah. everyone else was in in duffel uh, in uh, was in was in down coats and uh, warm jackets, and you don't seem to mind the cold. No, not too much. No, it has changed a little bit, but um, not too much. Are you getting no. older? 
Uh, I'm not not sure what happened, but this year is the first time actually that I really get cold hands out in the Arctic. Um, that I really need to wear gloves. But there are those days like um, we had in in Savisvik in northwest Greenland, where we're just sailing among icebergs, and I was just doing that in shirt, but with gloves. In shirt and shorts. Uh, no shorts. No, no shorts. that was okay. not allowed. That was not allowed. Okay. The cruise ship policy was just no shorts. Okay. Otherwise, I would. Yeah. But um, shirts and gloves are like kind of my my trademark nowadays. Yeah, let's see how that develops. Um, I'm I'm not really <laughs> bothered by cold. That's the reason why I'm there, um, up in the uh, high and very low latitudes. But it's um, not my kind of feel to go to equatorial um, regions. That would be way too hot for me. Yeah, you you bring your own heating with you, pretty much. <laughs> yes, you are you are a living and breathing radiator, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, may, maybe the beard helps to keep you warm. Oh yeah, definitely. Because half sure. of but your I, face is covered in beard. <laughs> well, I always cut him down, so I, I try to keep him neat and tidy. See, um, so. I'm the opposite. I'm trying really hard to grow a beard, and it doesn't. Really, <laughs> it's, it's really slow. <laughs> I can send you some of my cutoffs. Thank you. No, <laughs> and some glue. <sighs> so um ice glaciers we had a lot of that in the in the in the podcast we had a couple of volcanoes as well volcanoes that's another area of, of interest for you is um the the hot stuff this see there we go there's the hot stuff. <laughs> and places where both of that comes together i mean just just iceland and and ross island are just amazing or Barons, uh, Berenberg in, in on Jan Mayen. It's just those are the places where both ice and volcanoes are coming in together. In Barensburg? So and on Barensburg in Berenberg in oh, that's on Jan Mayen. Oh, that's different. Okay, Barensburg in Svalbard is uh, there's no volcano. No, that's just cold anywhere. It's just cold, cold and cold. Cold, cold. Mm-hmm. I've been in the mine there. It's very interesting. Have they forced you to work on no, your depths there? No, they no. actually, they, they do tours. I mean, this is a little a little detour here, but uh, they do tours there. Um, and as a group, we, we asked if we could get a tour and we got one. And uh, you get this tour in a, in an actual mine. So it's not a tourist, it's not, it's not like a, a section of the mine cordoned off for tourists. Um, you get to wear special clothes. You get to have a breathing apparatus just in case something happens. You get some safety briefing um, before you go in there, so you know how to react when something happens. You, they teach you how those mining phones. They have these phones, the special phones there. How these work and what different signals mean. And so um, that was a good experience. That's a very dirty nice. place. And mine is a very dirty place. Oh yeah, always. Yeah. Huh. So no, Barnsburg, no, vo- no volcanoes there. Um, what is it about volcanic stuff that interests you? How did you get uh, interested in that? Oh, I think the uh, 2010 eruption of Eyjafjallajökull here in, in Iceland um, definitely was the thing that was that a trigger? Kicked everything off, yeah. And okay. um, then the so combination. Say the of name both again. Eyjafjallajökull. Okay, the, the, you know the Icelandic language has, has sounds that kind of happen in the back of the tongue that do not exist in English. Oh, or they German. exist. It, well, they, they exist. Easy. They because exist if you're really drunk. Then they do exist. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, look, I'm I'm in the very nice position. I guide some uh, school groups every now and then, and um, we teach them. 
it's pretty easy. You just break the the name down into the three words. It can can. Well, uh, the first is Aya. I can do this. No, it's Aya. Aya. Okay. Aya. Aya. Fiatla. Fiatla. That's easy. Aya Fiatla. Jökull. And that's where this Jökull. Jökull. No, it's it's like you you put your tongue up to uh, the top. Jökull. Jökull. And you have like oh. a yes Jökull. Jökull. There you go. Eja fjalla jökull. Eja fjalla jökull. No, fjalla. Eja fjalla. Eja fjalla jökull. Okay. So it, it's it's the eruption of that volcano. I'm not going to say the name of that volcano that uh, triggered your interest in volcanoes. Uh, yes. The volcanologists, especially the American ones, they have been very, very inventive. They just abbreviated it at E15. 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 It's 15 more letters after the E. Ah. So it's is E15. Oh, that, I never heard that. Okay, that is E15. Oh, if you look up uh, scientific research papers, then they have E15 in the headline, in the title of the thesis, and then <laughs> the rest is just E15. I know that scientists do this sometimes. Uh, I think internationalization in the, in, in the computer industry is I16N or something. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good. So E15, E15 eruption triggered your interest in volcanoes. Um, how? But by, by the way, you. How did you even get into what you do? You're you you're an uh, you're a guide. You're not just a naturalist, but you guide people in the Arctic and in the Antarctic. Uh, how did that start? While we're while we're at Ex origins. Accidentally, actually, it was a um, friend of mine who. Um, was running a tour operator in, in Germany, but particularly for Iceland. And I was doing film productions back in the days. So I knew the country a tiny bit. And he just called me and said, hey, you know what? There has been a guy who just called in sick and uh, would need a guide um, in two days. Would you mind going hiking with a group of people for two weeks? No pressure at all, right? <laughs> Two weeks hiking? Sure, no, I, why not? I mean, I mean the 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 fact that uh, you have to guide people there and have done oh, that. Before. That was something I I, I didn't really recognize. Um, I, I didn't really comprehend in that moment. And uh, when I picked the the, the fellas up, um, that was quite quite interesting. Um, we went on a on a hiking trip into the West Fjords, and that was briefly after. Um, after the the, the 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 snow just disappeared, so they opened the biggest mountain pass in the Westfjords just very recently before we entered there. So in fact, we just got stuck in a number of snow piles there, but it was quite some fun. And <laughs> during that two weeks, um, yeah, pretty much to the end, I was just thinking about wow, um, you can actually make a living from that. So I did a lot of courses and certificates and that kind of stuff and. Um, it triggers a lot of your own curiosity. You want to know how things are working. Why do those landscapes look like um, as they do? And that made me um, a big researcher on, on that. And my background as documentary filmmaker helps a lot because I knew a couple of um, geologists uh, researching on Iceland. So whenever I have a big question up, I just write them. Or when I find a um, research paper I don't understand uh, entirely, I just write the lead author and just try to figure out what's going on there. 
And um, the good thing with the scientific community is that they actually are really interested in explaining their research and they're usually answering. It's a very, very small minority which is not answering at all. But the, um, the very vast majority is just really friendly uh, answering and taking their time to explain what their, uh, what their research is about. And after doing that certificate, I just started um, working for the largest uh, data operator in Iceland, and that kicked everything off. And from there, um, I developed into a glacier guide, into a mountain guide, I did a lot of more certificates along the way. Hmm. And then uh, another friend of mine, who is in charge for staffing of um, a cruise company, just asked me, can you ever imagine working on a ship? And I was just like, no, never. <laughs> this is just the worst thing I can imagine. Uh, yeah, that's it's not my type do. of traveling. <laughs> <laughs> and now that's my main business so it's, I, it's really interesting because you and i we met through tourism right tourism has yes. been a topic on this podcast uh, several times and of course we are we are uniquely qualified to talk about it because that's how we met and and that's uh how um uh, how both of us uh, earn at least some of our income and uh indeed yeah i mean i came to this through photography and uh, just out of curiosity to see interesting places wonderful things and i kind of fell in love with the arctic uh by just going there for the first time um and and, and uh, seeing seeing what it's like and and this then has changed into something that both of us um i i don't know if we i at least didn't expect this to change into into a very um strong wish to to do something about what's happening with our climate because uh, the Arctic, uh, which I have, I've just been up in the Arctic, I've never been to the Antarctic, but the Arctic is, is such, a, such a barometer for what is going on with our climate. And so the changes there happen so quickly and so much amplified from what is happening in the rest of the world that it is really clear to see there. So um, the... the having been up there several times and having seen changes with my own eyes and having learned about exactly. it through you and other people has really turned me into an environmentalist now. But this is actually exactly um, what, what I feel. Um, when, you, when, when you travel those polar regions for the first time, you're just amazed and stunned by its beauty. And then you see how quick it changes just in a very short amount of time. And you turn into something that we call polar ambassadors. And it doesn't really matter if it's Antarctica or Arctic, because you see in both areas the change is going on very, very quickly. And um, you're right. What we are doing is we, we try to turn um, regular cruise ship tourists or expedition cruise ship tourists into not only ambassadors, but also environmentalists. Because what we see up there makes makes it easy understandable what we um hear on an everyday scale we have the topic in uh, in the news for years now we know all the facts we know all the arguments but it's so hard to visualize that and going up into those regions that makes it really really understandable you see what's going on you can touch it you can see it you can smell it it's really something um very nice as a living classroom to, and, to use and it's and, 
and it's not even like 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 a, like a mission right uh, that's that's i think what is important to understand uh, if someone comes with you or with me on tour up there it is not like we're going to hammer this into your mind uh, no, 24/7 rather the opposite i mean it is it is really for me about showing people how beautiful it is and they will find that out themselves they will they, they, will they learn start these asking things the question they will and then you exactly. then you can put out the classroom lesson yeah but, yes. but um, we're not doing that in the first place forcing yeah. it on anyone no exactly we have lectures which um, explain the scientific background about um, on my behalf for example how glaciers are formed how they behave what sea ice is what's the difference between sea and land ice and and those kind of stuff but um, I'm, I'm not lecturing about uh, climate change uh, changes in the first place that's something if someone's interested um, you will find those people or those people find you and they start talking and um, then we're putting up a lecture on um, on the schedule for that. Definitely, that's um, always a possibility. But usually, that's not my my main intention. Is not teaching those people from A to B. It's just um, make them explore on their own and make, make them, them discover them. exactly. Th that, that's why that's why this show is called Curiously Polar because this is about Indeed, curiosity. It, exactly. That's that's what drives us in our daily um, life, and it's just that drives what what makes us learning is curiosity. And I sometimes feel like um, our schooling system, no matter where we are in the world, is killing that curiosity a bit for the sake of getting into a norm. But um, people find that back sometimes rather later than uh, sooner in their lives but whenever they come to the polar regions they get back that curiosity and um, that's where we just take them from which by the way is a uh, speaking of, of of schooling systems that's a uh, one thing we talked about in episode 49 back in may about the uh, education in the arctic and how this works so that is another interesting thing um, we also had a few, um, I'll call them funnies here on the podcast, <laughs> a few episodes about things that are not that um, not that serious. The so one what, I, what would you consider not so serious? Well, the one that I remember, okay, it's a very serious fight to the death about the whiskey, <laughs> the whiskey war episode. When was that? Let me see. Uh, 56. Uh, yeah, the Whiskey War 56. I mean, if you listen to that, you will find out how serious it really is. Um, Probably the best way to deal with war. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> so we could even we could even replace the whiskey for candy, and it would be better. Uh huh. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the other how would one? that sound? The Candy Floss War. The Candy Floss War. I don't think we have that yet. Uh, episode 78, just a couple of episodes ago, is also a good one. Um, the conundrum of time, the time zones up in uh, down in Antarctica. Um, I found that very, very amusing. And what you found also very amusing is episode number 50, Arctic Winter Games. Uh, yes, uh, that I think is a classic. <laughs> I think that is a classic. Those, those different kinds of uh, sports, um, yeah. It there's just stuff in there that kicking the seal. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's essential for survival in the Arctic. Not so much in the Antarctic. I'm really curious about uh, Antarctic winter games. Are, are there any? I mean, there's only no. scientists down there. There's no indigenous people down there. That's true. But I could just ask the animals or the scientists. 
That's the scientists what they do. They, they'll do <laughs> during they'll the long do, dark winter. They'll, they'll probably do uh, scientific equipment throwing or something. <laughs> <laughs> when another research measuring didn't work out right <laughs> we had also some some very interesting guests on the show um i i remember jochem from from uh, recognize this um project where they want to emphasize the um status of glaciers and the beauty of them the awareness of of glaciers in uh, in that swiss project that was that's really really something that stuck in my mind yeah those those uh interviews are also the ones that you did at the arctic council meeting oh yeah um uh, very, the arctic circle meeting uh, the arctic circle meeting sorry which um again brings things into the show from another perspective and uh, that's this these are not the last ones we will work on getting guests on the show in the future as well so I also remember um Irene from from Svalbard who's um working in the search and rescue teams. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a that, that really was a really good one. was a, a really interesting one. Really good insights on that um stranded ship the the North Guider. And uh, yeah, there there would be probably a follow-up next summer seeing if the North Guider is still there and uh -huh. I will meet with Irene again and then just talk about that. Cool. Very cool. Bring some continuity in as well. <laughs> <sighs> so one thing we have to address that has been asked a few times, and I, we, I don't think we are at liber liberty to really talk about it in detail, but uh, it's, the, it's the missing episode. We have a missing episode? We have a missing episode. Episode 59 has, disappeared, has never episode, been yes. released. And there have been rumors out there that... Um, Yeah, one one voice I heard said that the content was so shopping, shocking that we couldn't release it. I cannot comment on that. No. Another rumor was that uh, we had been visited by uh, Men in Black or maybe some government agency. Um, can neither confirm nor deny. Because that was around the, the, the I'm just saying se selling Greenland, right? <laughs> sale of green that could be connected to that but um, the world will never know what has happened to episode 59 that was also very very close to the release of the whiskey war episode so it might be even connected uh, to a very hot geopolitical dispute yeah possible definitely possible yeah. again um, we'll have to we'll have to uh, put the Shroud of mystery over this and uh, never talk about it again. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We are, um, yeah, I mean, we, last episode, we already thanked everyone, but we'll thank you again because um, this was really an exciting year. This was a wonderful year for Curiously Polar. This was an important year for the the general uh, topic of climate change and and uh, how the ice is melting and what's happening in the arctic and in the antarctic so uh thanks all for uh for listening thanks all for helping us bring new listeners on board if you uh if you want to help us that is literally the one big thing that you can do is tell others about this show let others know um that uh, there's two crazy guys uh who talk about uh polar topics and And we promise to continue doing so. Indeed. Okay. So what's coming up next? Uh, what's coming up next? Another An entire other year of interesting 
Another year of Curiously Polar. That's the, that's the plan for now. Unless you go missing on a ship, that might be a possibility too. <laughs> oh, no, please don't jinx it. <laughs> no, no, I'm, uh, I'm not saying you're going to sink on a ship. I'm saying you're going to be missing because you're out so long. Yeah, and missing in action. And it's uh, difficult sometimes to record. That's why we are pre-producing, uh, pre-recording some of these uh, before you leave for another few months. So, we have some um, very exciting topics coming up. I'm what really are, what are those? What, what do you have in plan? Do you, can, can, you, uh, can you shed some light on that? Are, are you at oh, liberty yes. to do so? I am, yes. Uh, we will definitely talk more about ice cores. We, we just um, sneaked into that a little bit um, in episode 77, Under the Ice. Um, and we uh, talked a little bit what's under the ice in Antarctica. And um, we are talking about... Uh, very, very mysterious red piece of ice in East Antarctica. Uh-huh. So there are some very nice topics coming up very soon. Okay. I'm, that, I'm really looking forward. That sounds like a, a good teaser for what's coming up. So everyone stay tuned. We will be back with more. That's a promise. Even, even though there might be a couple of weeks in between that uh, we cannot record because of, uh, because of all the travel and stuff. But... Um, I think we'll do our best to keep this coming as regular as possible. This was 2019. Uh, let's all welcome the new year and uh, happy new year. Happy new year.